It's the inaugural edition, the premiere, if you will, of a new feature we'll be doing on CyclonesHockey.com throughout the offseason known as Puckopolis, uh, kind of taken off of the Porkopolis nickname. We have hockey here in town, although it's the offseason, not a lot going on, uh, at least with the team as of yet, although Jared Scaldi, as we'll talk with in a moment, has been quite busy as already putting names on the list and getting things ready for the 2011-2012 season. And uh, we'll have more on that as the weeks unfold here on CyclonesHockey.com. Have the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, with us now. I guess uh, tell the fans a little bit about what you've been up to these days. The offseason, a significantly slower pace than what you're used to from October through April and and perhaps beyond. What do you do during this time, the Mays and the Junes? Well, the most important thing was once the season's over, it's getting exit meetings with all the players and and going over the season and going over uh, plans for the summer and, um, you know, interest level of either coming back or what our interest level is having guys back. So, you know, those were taken care of immediately and, um, you know, closing out certain budget things, going over uh, uh, different expenses that, that we incur throughout the season where we can improve on and um, in other areas that we may need to allocate. So uh, there's all kinds of stuff like that, that that's gone on. And now, of course, it's jumping right into identifying certain players, whether they're from uh, major junior or, or colleges or, or Canadian universities that uh, we'd like to bring in and be part of our hockey team. So there's uh, a lot of phone calls and a lot of uh, different uh, dif- different things to get into as we uh, we get through the summer. Boy, it's also, in my estimation, and I know it's yours as well, the best time of year in sports. I don't, I don't think there's really anything better than watching playoff hockey. And, and certainly, uh, I think from both of where I sit and where you sit, uh, you'd love to be involved in it right now, but the offseason is what it is. Although at the same time, now that, that our season has ended, your, your team ha- has kind of come and gone, and now you have a chance to, to sit back and watch it as a hockey fan and a former player, th- this is the best time of year. Oh, absolutely. There's the playoff hockey's been, been fantastic and it's always something you look forward to. Like you said, Nick, you, you, you want to still be playing. You want to be part of it. And, uh, um, but it's, it's nice to sit back and watch some games and different matchups and, and all the drama that goes through a playoff series from game to game and as teams advance. And, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of fun, and then you sure do get enough of it with uh, two, three games sometimes. As you look at this, the way the year has kind of gone gone down with the ECHL, the AHL, NHL, uh, the entire hockey world has been, uh, if not any other time in, in the history of hockey, I can't even think back to a time where uh, there's been so much parity. And from, from top to bottom, you really don't know who has the upper hand, especially in this year's playoffs. <laughs> and I think if you look at all the round one matchups uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs specifically, uh, it's just it's a great time for hockey right now because of how close every team has been. Yeah, I mean, you look at, you play the regular season, serves a purpose for standings and stuff, but once you get in that playoffs and uh, some teams take on a life of their own and certain individuals, it's great to watch guys step up and score goals, whether it's their first playoff game or, uh, you know, the, the veterans that have been around through the battles uh, in the past, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun and every night creates a, a new drama, a different scenario, and uh, it, it's great to see how guys uh, playoff time uh uh, put their bodies on the line and uh, do whatever it takes to get a win. And uh, you know, every every moment in a game in the playoffs is uh, is so magnified that uh, you can tell the players have that uh, that that battle level high. They have that urgency to every one of them. Well, and it's been amazing to watch all the overtimes too. And that kind of goes into the to the feeling of playoff hockey and and how exciting it is. And that's why for me, it's the best time of year in sports. And and that goes across football, basketball at every level. Uh, are you surprised at how many overtime games there have been? this playoff year uh you know it's it, it, it's always different you know I'm, I'm still waiting for that marathon of uh, three four overtime one
fun where you're just trying to stay awake at night. But there's been some great games. I mean, obviously, I'm really happy for the National Predators, one of our affiliates that, uh, you know, got over that, that hump of getting into the second round. And uh, to see them get the, a double overtime win was big. So, you know, you really, you really root for a team like that. I was glad to see the Blackhawks made that an incredible series against Vancouver. Unfortunately, came up a little short. But, you know, those kind of moments are, are great to watch. And it's something to look forward to every night uh, heading home after uh, – Thinking about hockey and talking hockey all day, you get to go home and put some hockey on TV. It's funny, too. You talk about some of the teams you played for over the years in your professional career, and, and one of my favorite teams, if not my favorite, in the NHL, the Detroit Red Wings, pitting your former club, the San Jose Sharks. And as we sit here talking today, depending on when you're listening to our Puckopolis podcast here on CyclonesHockey.com, that those numbers may change. But uh, the Sharks have a 2-0 lead now after two very closely contested games, as you probably would expect. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's any panic in Detroit. I think that team, the players they have on that team, the coaching staff they have, the organization as a whole I think um, you know it's about home ice advantage and San Jose got the first two games now they're going to be going back to Joe Lewis Arena and you know you've got Datsuk and Zetterberg and Lidstrom and Holmstrom and you know a long list of Artuzzi guys like that that uh, you know that have been around and I don't think there's any panic in Detroit I think this is still going to turn out to be a fantastic series um, a series that we're going to see it go down to six or seven games so uh, you know those are the ones that are fun also because you know they've been there Detroit's been through these situ- situations San Jose for a lot of those guys it's a it's a newer situation with Marlowe and uh, you know Thornton and Heatley that haven't gone as deep in the playoffs as some of the Detroit Red Wings. So I don't uh, I, 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 I believe there's no panic in Detroit at all. Kind of neat to see Tampa Bay, on the other hand, uh, switching conferences for a minute and seeing what they have been able to accomplish. Certainly when you have a Steven Stamkos on your club, that makes makes a big difference. But for Steve Eiserman in his first playoff year as a non-Red Wing in one capacity or another, it's been interesting to watch the development of that club and, and to see them doing as well as they have, obviously picking up a win uh, against the uh, the Capitals the other day. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. You see a guy like Steve Eiserman after retiring and getting to cut his teeth with uh, Kenny Holland in, in Detroit and, and learning from him and then being part of Team Canada, um, you know, as a general manager and winning gold medals. So, you know, when, when, when he went to Tampa, you knew it was going to be a success. You don't know, you know, how long it's going to take, but you definitely know when a guy like Steve Eiserman takes over and brings people like Julian Breezeball with him and hires a coach like Guy Boucher who's had tremendous success. You, 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 you know, you anticipate them being a successful team, successful organization, and you're not sure how long, but it's it's great to watch. It's great to see Vinny LeCavalier playing like Vinny Cavalier when they won the Cup and Marty St. Louis and, of course, Stam Coase, who's you know, was under a lot of pressure for not uh, not scoring a playoff goal and finally finding the net in the first round and, 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 contri- and continue to contribute for the team. So it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of storylines there with Dwayne Rollison and, and different things, but, uh, you know, it's just one series after another is exciting. All right, let's, let's look, compare a little bit here because you got a guy like Rollison who years ago was already getting – over the hill, so to speak, when it comes to hockey terms, takes Edmonton to the Stanley Cup Finals. This year, he's even older, 41 years old, and he, he is playing, if not the best of the NHL, certainly the best goaltending in the Eastern Conference. Talk about what it takes to be successful at that age. I mean, you, you're about the same age as him. Obviously, you're in, in the coaching world, no, no longer a player, but even when you uh, were in your playing days, to do what he is doing, I got to think, is extremely, extremely tough from just a nutritional standpoint. You got to be almost perfect. Well, first of all, I, I played with Dwayne Rollison uh, when we were both with the Calgary Flame organization. I went through a playoff series of semifinals against the Portland Pirates, which was coached by Barry Trotz. Uh, they took us to Game 7 and eventually won. So, um, you know, I've been down that road with Rolly uh, at the American Hockey League level. And, uh, 
I think the the most important thing with a, a guy like Roley is a, the the passion for a game. I mean, you you don't play at 41 years old unless you truly have a, a passion for the game. Uh, conditioning is is got to be the next biggest thing. Uh, you know, keep it on top of that. It's it's 12 months out of the year. Once the season ends, you've got to get right back on your summer uh, program and nutrition and all that stuff. And I think the the biggest thing is putting putting stuff behind you. You know, short term memory loss where you know you have a bad outing, you put it behind us. He was in a tough situation with the New York Islanders that. You know, it'd be easy to just throw the towel in in a situation like that, and he got an opportunity to come to Tampa. So, you know, staying positive, putting some of the the, the, the bad things behind you, and looking forward to walking through that door every day. And you get to go play hockey every uh, every single day. And I think Roley, it's a credit to Roley the way he's persevered. And it took him till about 26, 27, till he actually established himself in the National Hockey League. So, he's uh, he's paid his dues, and uh, he's uh, he's been on some good teams. He's been on some some tough teams, but through it all, Roley's been a, a true professional. And, uh, and has found tremendous success. Cool to see the Milwaukee Admirals, and this will be the last thing we talk about on this week's edition of Puckopolis here on CyclonesHockey.com. Uh, as an ECHL coach, and certainly from my perspective as a broadcaster, it's it's always fun to to watch and, and see some of the players that you had a chance to to either meet or just watch along the way do uh, what they're doing at the next level. In this case, the Milwaukee Admirals come to mind, and uh, you see a guy like Corey Conacher who helped this team get into the playoffs with his performance against both Toledo and Kalamazoo in the final week and a half. And now he's up there contributing, as is Dylan Hunter, as is former Cyclone goaltender Jeremy Smith. It's got to be fun for you uh, to have already coached them and perhaps at times found these guys to watch them play at the next level and succeed. Oh, it's great. And it starts off right right from, you know, watching the NHL games and you're excited about the playoffs and you're, you're watching that. And of course, um, then you, you know, you're following the ECHL. And it's great to see, you know, Wheeling and Kalamazoo, two uh, Two very good teams, teams that obviously we saw enough of this year and um, following closely that, that matchup. And then, um, you know, the American Hockey League, it's great to see, especially with Portland, has Brian O'Hanley in the lineup who scored a goal the other night. And it's great to see him have some success. He was uh, called there about four or five days after our season ended, and it's great to see him in the lineup and contributing. And, of course, with the Milwaukee Admirals, with the players you'd mentioned. So you really keep a close eye on it. It's great to see um, Conacher contributing and Dylan Hunter's been in and out of the lineup with them. And, uh, you know, he'll be called on some more as their playoffs continue on. But it's uh, it's exciting. You know, you, you, you're still in contact with the coaches. I still talk to Lane Lambert and uh, and different people around uh, different teams. So, you know, you're always got a close eye on that. And it's, uh, you know, it makes you proud when you see a guy like Brian O'Hanley score a goal and, and contribute. And, of course, these other guys. So we're, we'll be monitoring that as the playoffs continue. Thank you for being with us as always. We will chat with you soon. Thanks a lot, Nick. That's Cyclones head coach Jared Scaldi. I'm Nick Brunker. Keep it tuned for all the latest on the Cyclones and just everything hockey-related. CyclonesHockey.com, the place. This is Puckopolis.